this life living out ya Same place next five months, man do that Put teamwork, man not do help and more chat Grow that shop, my name look out the town pack Welcome to the Prolific Vibe Podcast. That was a new artist out of Jamaica. Title of the song was called History. Artist name Rashawn. Big up Craig Cream Entertainment for that one. Personal friend of mine. I just wanted to, you know, show some love on that entry. And, you know, thank you guys for coming and listening to our podcast today. We have a lot of good stuff for y'all. So today is actually the first episode and a little bit nervous, but you know, I mean, I have like a lot of the topics that I do want to talk about and, you know, stuff that I kind of want to express from a personal standpoint. You know what I mean? Um, Like I said, it's the first episode. Today's episode, we're going to title Tough Times Don't Last, Tough People Do. And um, that's kind of something that I resonate with myself for quite some time now, just off of what I've been going through for the past few years and what I'm going through now and for the fact that I'm still here, still understanding, becoming and being a better person based on, you know, what I've dealt with over the years. So, you know, everybody know we had 2020, one of the worst years for everybody or a lot of people, I should say. Um, At that point, I was living in Orlando, Florida. I was working at Doubletree by the airport. I'm not going to get too specific into details because, you know, it, that it is what it is. I'm just going to give you guys a surface so you kind of understand, you know what I mean, where we're coming from. So, yeah, I worked at the Doubletree Hotel by the airport in Orlando. Um, I think it was the 17th of March. Um I got a promotion. So at that point I was the night manager and then I was supposed to be the account manager. So my first day of work to start my new position, I was brought into the office and they basically said, these are your options. You can either get laid off or keep your current position. Meaning I have to continue working overnights because I was the night manager. Like I said, you know, so at that point, I was like, okay, I'll keep my position. Let's see where this goes. Not expecting 2020 or COVID-19 to be what it was. So I said, you know, maybe I have to do this for a month, whatever. And then, you know, we'll figure it out. So that's kind of the first phase of going through the mud and kind of struggling. You know, and referring back to what I was saying in terms of tough times don't last, tough people do. And I'll get more into that shortly. So now I'm like kind of frustrated. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this for maybe another month. And then we'll figure out what happened from there. You know what I mean? So at that point, um, living in Orlando, uh, me and my wife, we had a house in New York. So it really wasn't so much about the finances to 
say, well, I lost a new position, which I was going to make a lot more money. But, you know what I mean? We can thug it out. We can, you know, make do with what we have because we have income coming in from our two-family house in New York. Well, that's what I thought. So at that point, you know, we know people stop paying rent, people stop paying mortgage. And I was one of the person that wasn't able to pay my mortgage because I was dependent on my income coming in from my rental house to cover mortgage and then the cash flow, I would, you know, get the difference. Um, sidebar, I wish I knew what I knew now then. And we'll get back into that story another time. So, yeah. So, you know, I had two tenants. Both stopped paying their mortgage. I was, I mean, both stopped paying their rent. I'm sorry. I wasn't able to pay my mortgage. So, at that point, mortgage wasn't being paid. Rent wasn't being paid. So, I didn't, the money we were making living in Orlando was kind of to support our lifestyle. But not enough to support our lifestyle and living in Orlando and then supporting the property in New York. So long story short, we end up had to put the house on the market. We made a little bit of money off of it, but it wasn't what we wanted to because once, you know, everything started going on, we literally was trying to sell a house in the middle of COVID-19. Um, and it wasn't right now as the hot market where, you know, everybody is, you know, putting 20, 30% on their properties and they're getting it for it, obviously because the market is hot right now in real estate. At that point it was, uh, everybody was scared. It was, if you have something you're not too sure about, you can't maintain and get rid of it. That's kind of the frenzy we were in. So, you know, that was a big step that we had to take, but we did it, you know? So we went from being homeowners to just being renters. And at this point, just to backtrack, in 2015, one of my best friends that lived in Atlanta, we, you know, said we're going to start doing real estate. So, you know, we started very slow. We started doing the research, saying that we're not going to be agents. We actually want to be investors. We're not just going to, you know, get a real estate license just to sell someone else's property. So at that point, 2015, we opened up a business account for real estate, not knowing when the first dollar was going to get into that business account. And I'll touch on that topic and let you know what happened with that. So um, 2015, my friend, he moved to Atlanta. 2016, I moved to Orlando. So during that time, just before I moved to Orlando, this was probably June, July. I moved to Orlando 2016, August. My friend called me and he said, my best friend, Craig, he called me and he says, hey, he met this guy at his dealership. Um, at that point, he was working at a dealership, car dealership in um, Atlanta. So he said he met this guy that's in real estate. Guy looked like a very cool guy. He knows what he's talking about. He knows the business. And on his next day off, he's going to go to the guy's property and see what was going on. So at that point, I was like, all right, cool. That sounds good keep me posted because this is something that we want to do. So, you know, at any given moment, maybe this is going to be our break. So, you know, he went, met the guy. Guy seems cool. And nothing came of it, I would say, probably for about a year. So at that point, I'm living in Florida now, back to what I was saying. So went on to our regular day lives. Um, 
early 2017, my best friend called me and says, hey, um, I've been in contact with this guy. I'm going to meet him again at this property that he has. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at it, and if we're interested, then we'll move forward. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me know what was going on. He went, looked at the property. The guy, you know what I mean, was telling him things about the game. He was like, all right, that's cool. So he says, hey, this guy says to get our feet wet to start in the game, we can start investing in the properties with him a little bit, you know, whatever we had. So we muffled up about $10,000. From that $10,000, he said he would give us back about 30% on our money. So we said, okay, that's cool. So, mind you, this is early 2017. So we did that, I would say, 2017. We did it 2018. And we did it 2019. It got to a point where we both kind of hit a rough patch. So we were pulling money from that investment. And to be honest, I think it was smart at that time. And I'll explain to you why. So that's what we did. Um, During that time now, just before COVID, this was... Late 2019, I started flying up to Atlanta from Orlando because I said, I want to meet this guy. I want to see what he's about, where our money's going and what's going on. Because if we really want to be in real estate, then we got to make it happen. So I was like, okay, no problem. So even though, like I said, the money wasn't there as much because we're not well off. We're trying to become wealthy or trying to see our way out to be financially free. I committed to booking a flight, getting a hotel room, and staying in Atlanta a weekend every month. So that was my commitment to start getting into the real estate game, understanding it, being hands-on, seeing what was going on. So once a month, I would book a hotel, catch a flight, meet my friend, meet the investor, which... At that point, we considered and started calling our mentor. And um, at first, everything was good. You know, he showed us the properties. He started showing us the game, the little stuff that, you know, the average person doesn't even know about a property or what the first thing is in about, you know, fil- flip, um, flipping houses, I should say, or investing in real estate. So, you know, we thought everything was good. And at that point now, backtrack. I started going, I would say, late 2019 to February of 2020. When I came to Atlanta that weekend, I was sick like a dog. And at that point, they didn't rule it out as anyone having coronavirus. But I remember I said, if it's a cold or a flu, I don't care. I'm trying to do something here. That's going to change our lives. That's what I was telling my wife. I'm going to Atlanta, and we're going to make it happen. So that's what we did. Um, Super sick. Still came up. Met the guy. Went back down. The March came. I ended up had to cancel my flight because everything that happened with coronavirus. And that was the beginning and the end of a lot and that's when I say tough people will last tough times won't last and I'm gonna explain to you guys what took place after that trip 
So yeah, now we're talking about this is March. Flight got canceled. Position that I was supposed to start, it's not happening. Um you know, everything is looking pretty much down. Um so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So in the process of losing my house or I should say selling my house because I was about to lose my house because my renters stopped paying their rent. So therefore I wasn't able to cover my mortgage. So I was like, what's happening? What what are we going to do? So the game plan was once we sell the house and we receive the money from the house, because we were going to have a little bit of equity in that house after we paid off the mortgage, we were going to move to Atlanta and make real estate invest in the game plan and what we're going to do. So I decided around June, so mind you, March, April, May, three months, we planned, put the house on the market, got the house sold, planned to move to Atlanta because we were sold a dream. And I'll tell you why I said it was a dream that was sold that coming to Atlanta to do real estate, everything was going to be great. And believe me, we got here. You know, we continued to come even after March, February. I mean, not February, sorry, March, April. We realized that, okay, people are still flying. We just got to be cautious. Me and my wife started to come, you know, meet this guy we said, you know, was our mentor. Hang out with my friend, uh, my best friend, Craig. And, you know, take it step by step. So in this process, we were waiting for the house to be sold. We weren't going to renew our lease at our apartment that we had in Orlando because we were planning on moving to Atlanta. We moved to Atlanta in June. No. We came in June to sign the lease. We moved in July. So we got here in July, and we said, okay, we're going to hit the ground running. So our game plan was the money we got from the house that we sold, we got a decent place, and we had a little bit of reserve. So when we start moving around, if we didn't have any income coming in, then, you know, we would more or less be okay for three to four months. At that point now, we started hanging around you know, the mentor every day, he's showing us the rope and we decided, Hey, we're going to keep investing. We're going to do, you know, what we had at the moment, not going to get into details of the total amount for us to get the return on the money. So I would say about did that for about four months. So you're talking about August, September, October, November. And so now we, have a decent return we're supposed to get from this real estate investment. So during that time we found a condo and he said, Hey, this condo is what you guys are going to do. I am just going to mentor you guys on this condo, but this is your deal. This is your gig. So during the four months, you know, we got introduced to a few people, hard money lender contractors, because we were going with him every day to other people's projects. We were helping out, not getting paid. But we say, okay, this is the game. We want to soak up all the knowledge. We want to know everything. So we don't care if we're getting paid. We're going to do this because at some point, it's going to be our project that we're going to be running. 
So we got the condo. Mind you, we had limited funds. And the hard money lender that we got set up with was only covering 90% LTV. That's loan to value, right? So we had to find 10% on top of what the total cost was. And then we'd have to plus that to our closing costs, lawyer fees and everything. So the first deal that we did, we had to shell out $15,000 at closing. So that was the 10% to pay to the hard money lender from the loan, the money we were going to borrow, the title company, the lawyer fees, all that good stuff. I'm not going to get into the full detail of the dollar amount. So roughly about $15,000 we um, brought to closing. So started the condo. So at this point, we kind of got depleted of our funds. We were just so happy to get in the game that, you know, in our in the back of our heads, we're like, okay, we have money invested with our mentor, which we know is going to come back to us. And we just did a closing on a condo. We just now got to figure out how we're going to get the money to pay the contractors. So once the work is done, then we can do this thing they call it's a draw. That's basically where... Even though you paid up front your 10% of your, you know, loan money that you're borrowing for the hard money lender, you're going to have to come out of pocket to start paying for the work to be done. Once the work is done, you're going to request a draw from that hard money lender. They have someone come out. They look at the job. You tell them, you know, you got to show documentation pretty much of what you've already invested in the property then they'll run that money back to you. And then now you'll have capital to continue the work until you're done. You're able to do that four times, mostly with a lot of um, hard money lenders. You could do that four times. Some of them are three. Um, I've not met one yet that um, allows you to do it more than four, four times. And based on the draws, they wanted in increments to where if you're doing the third or the fourth draw, that's pretty much to the finalization of the project. So the mentor, he came in and he says, hey, I'll cover the contractors. I'll cover the materials. And when you guys get the draw, you pay me back. Then we continue. So we thought that was a good deal because the money was guaranteed and the money was sure. So he did that. And we finally finished the condo, I would say, about February we finished the condo. So at that point, you know, work was done. We would have probably seen about a hundred thousand dollar profit in that deal. So everything is fine. Now, mind you in about January during this work, we went to our mentor and we said, Hey, the investment contract we have expires. And you know, we would like to have the cash out because we want to pay you back for, the money that you've invested and we also want to make sure we have enough money and more, you know, room in case we have to do anything additional to the project. And this is where the story gets crazy. He said, how much money again do you guys have on that investment contract with me? And I said, well, not me. My best friend said, cause mind you, we own this company together. He said it's about 91000 Our mentor started to laugh at us. 
mind you, two guys from the streets of New York never really had much. We have someone laughing in our face and saying $91,000 is not no money. We need to invest more money to get a bigger return. And, you know, we took it for what it was. We humbled ourselves and we said, okay. He says, keep the 91000 let it roll over again. Let's sign a new contract. So now we're supposed to have 91000 and we're supposed to have 30% on that return because we're reinvesting our money with them without seeing it to get, you know, 30% on our 91000 So we draft up a new contract. So now this contract for 91000 is supposed to be for another 90 days. So you're talking about February, March, April. So we signed it, put it in the back. So now we're focusing on paying out on the condo. So condo is finishing about February. We sat on that condo, I would say, after listing it. We sat on it maybe two weeks before we got an offer because we did a great job on it. Like I said, for guys that came into business new, our creative ideas and how hard working we are, we did really good on that condo. So we got a offer. We had we were getting offers after the first week, but we actually locked in a deal because it was what we were looking for after two weeks. So we did um we did good. We cleared almost not almost, we cleared over a hundred thousand. And I'll get into the numbers a little bit, but not in full detail. So you know, everybody's happy, congratulating each other. We're saying to ourselves, man, our mentor is good. He's teaching us good. He's treating us right. He's letting us know what's going on. You know, all of this stuff is going on. And bottom line is we were very transparent. We never hid anything from him. We told him every dollar, everything we had, and everything we were putting in. So he knew our pockets. Let's put it that way. In street term, he knew what was in our pockets. So closing day, he came to the closing, which was fine. We got the closing documents, the CDs. We were sending them copies so he can look over it, make sure the numbers are good because we're like, we're new to the game. We don't have no skin in the game. You know what I mean? We had skin in the game because everything that was being done is what was our, with our money and our name because hard money lender, everything was under our company. He wasn't attached on any paperwork. So in that sense, we had skin in the game, but in terms of experience, there was none. So we showed everything very transparent, let him know what was going on. He looked at all the documents and everything. Then, you know, came to close in and, you know, he was a very narcissistic guy and we found that out at a later date. And, a lot of these stories that I'm going to say is all based on personal experience and they will all tie in eventually after you guys tune in and, you know, listen to a few episodes of this podcast. But being that this one is the first one, a lot of stuff is just going to be a very chopped up because I'm going back and forth with what's going on. So <clears throat> to return to the story, so closing went well, closed the property. We went our separate ways. He said he had something to do. Me and my um, business partner slash best friend, we head back home. He called us on the phone. He's like, hey, guys, um, so this is how you split up the money when 
you finish or you finalize a deal with people you're working with. So we didn't take nothing of it. We were like, all right, we're paying to play. We get it. We're from the streets. We've done things in the streets. We're paying to play. We were waiting to see what was up. So first thing he said was like, okay, I did the countertops. I paid the guys for that. I did the HVAC. I paid the guys for that. Um, you know, all of this good stuff. Every time we got the draw money, we needed it to find a, do something else in the project. So at the end of the day, when you did the closing, the draw money, the borrow money, all of that goes back to the hard money lender. And then the balance that's left, which was a little bit over 100000 now gets split. You know, so he says, once you guys pay me back for all of that, the material and the labor, whatever is left is the real profit. So mathematically, that made sense. We were like, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? So just to give you an idea, say out of the 100000 40000 went back to him because he dished it out first. All right? He dished that out to pay labor, pay material, punch out, make sure everything got done. So we're left with about, say, let's call it 60000 He said, and I quote, Send me over 50% of that. Send me over half. You and your partner take half and give me other half. So at that point, we didn't say anything. We said, all right, cool. We're paying to play. You know, we're paying to play. So even though it's a little bit harsh, we are going to swallow it. We're going to give you 30000 and me and my partner will split thirty. because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have had this thirty to split. And that's coming from a very humbling place for two grown men that did so much work, but because we know we have to pay to play and we're giving our mentor the benefit of the doubt that we are going to give him half, we'll take the other half and we'll move on to the next project. Now, just to give you guys a little bit of backtrack, while we were working on this condo, we end up acquiring two more properties that we had to pay for out of pocket for closing. And it was the same thing with the hard money lender. One of the properties was 85% LTV. So we had to find 15% for down payment plus whatever our closing costs were. And for the other one, it was 90%. So we had to pay 10% for, you know, whatever the down payment was and then closing costs. So while we're working on the condo, and this is why our money was so tight, but we were just going, we were like zombies. We were just going every day, making it happen without knowing where a dollar's coming from. Credit cards depleted, account depleted. We just knew we have a property that we're working on that we're going to get a good return on. We have two more properties that's coming right up after this one. So everything we had, we put into that. So, for the two properties that we had in the back after the condo, we probably spent maybe $30,000 in closing and 15,000 was for the condo. So mind you, the liquid cash we had to start up on top of the investment cash that we kept giving our mentor is really what we were looking forward to, to put us over the top eventually down the line. So we were like, at this moment, we don't need it. So eventually we'll get it because we're, being like I said humbling and we're being patient so 
you know, just to backtrack, he laughed at us around January saying 91000 is not a lot of money. Reinvest, right? Which we did. Got a new contract signed for that and gave him half of our proceeds for what we sold the contract, for we sold the um, condo for. And then we started moving forward. At this point, we didn't take nothing of it. We were just happy because now we're saying, okay, we're in the game. This time, we still got to pay rent, still got to buy food, still got to take care of our kids, still got to take care of all our expenses, but we holding it, you know, because not that we were dead broke, but the cash was trimmed because we were putting everything we had into real estate to make sure it happened. So when I tell you that, you know, things were tough, it was tough. The times weren't really tough for us in the sense of we weren't struggling, but we had to struggle on a personal basis to make our business work. So it was a struggle. And what, you know, inspired, what transpired through that course of that time, you know, was going through a lot. Got necessarily, not say demoted, but my job pretty much disregard my new position. So all that cash that was promised or all that income that was promised just never existed. Lost my house. The money I thought I would have gained from equity, I didn't. So the little that I got, I was satisfied with it, but it ended up being what propelled us to leave Orlando to move to Atlanta to start real estate. So, you know, these are the things that started making us be who we are, I should say. Me, my wife, my best friend. And it was because of tough decisions and the tough times that we had to go through. And that's what made us who we are and continuously to make us who we are. And let me tell you, this story gets so much better. So I would recommend tuning in to next week's podcast. Thank you for listening. There's a lot more to come, a lot more of my experience. And keep in mind, these are things that I went through personally that I'm explaining to you guys. So keep in mind when I tell you the story gets juicy as it goes. And I'll be jumping all over the place because there's a lot of experience. This is just the tip of the iceberg when I got to Atlanta in 2020, into early 2021. And I just want to tell everyone out there, thank you for taking the time out to listen to Prolific Vibes podcast. We have a lot of information. We have a lot of good and positive vibes. And like we always say, positive thoughts, positive results. And that goes to everything in life. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you guys with a song from my personal friend, Craig Cream Entertainment, Jamaican song, Artist name is Rashawn. Song name is History. I always like to promote new artists. I like to promote new poets. Anyone in the entertainment business that is being positive and want to be heard. I have no problem promoting you on my podcast so you can have an additional listening ears. So thanks again. My name is Ricardo. They call me Rick. This is the Prolific Vibes Podcast. It was a pleasure, and I'll talk to you guys next week. And here we go.